0: Hey, friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender and sometimes both. I'm your host, Julia Washington, and on today's show, we're heading to Notre Dame. The Hunchback of Notre Dame was first released on June 21st, 1996. But before we dive in, let me introduce you to my guest. You know her. You love her. She is one half of Still Comfy. The host of To All The Men I've Tolerated Before. Natalie Katona is here. Welcome, Natalie. (laughs) I am ready for the eyes of Notre Dame. (laughs) I just realized I left my glasses in the other room. It's fine. (laughs) Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Sanctuary from misogynist rich white men, I beg. <laughs> I meant, you know what I meant to do before today? I meant to look up like Victor Hugo's version just to kind of get like refamiliarize myself. And I totally forgot. I have
1: never read the book, nor have I watched the actual black and white movie because the cartoon is scary enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's kick it off with like, okay. So we're going to kick this bitch off with a summary it, and it. And y'all know it's from Google because that's what we do here. An animated Disney adventure follows disfigured Quasimodo, the bell ringer of Notre Dame Cathedral, who bides his time locked away in a tower. With only gargoyles to keep him company, Quasimodo longs to be with the other people, leading to his chance encounter with the enchanting gypsy Esmeralda when the beautiful young woman catches the attention of Quasimodo's guardian, Sinister Frollo. Quasimodo must help to keep her out of his clutches. Yeah, because he's completely racist. (laughs) Like, that's why. (laughs) I love... The
1: bell ringer of Notre Dame Cathedral who bides his time locked away in a tower. No, one, he's not biding his time. He's literally, he's a captive. He's a captive. <laughs> and he's a captive instead of
0: just being chucked into a well, which a, was the, 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 the original most plan. horrifying thing. I'm sitting there. We'll get into it. But I was like, this is for children. My sister watched
1: this movie. Her and her friend watch Saturday night movies together, where they text one another, much oh, like cute. Annie and much like Annie and I tortured ourselves every week with "And just like that, yeah." And, and she watched this, and she was so pregnant with my nephew, and she just kept panic texting her friend to be like, "Are they going to throw that baby in a well? <laughs> like, what's going on? What's a happening? baby in a, a baby? well?" <laughs>
0: God. so bad so bad okay so at the time of its release our resident misogynist roger ebert gave this movie four stars and y'all we've been doing this a while and i am shocked because i cannot recall the last time we covered a movie where mr pulitzer Surprise himself gave four stars Calling it, quote, the best Disney animated feature since Beauty and the Beast, a whirling, uplifting, thrilling story with a heart-touching message that emerges from the comedy and song, end quote.
1: I need everyone to write in whether or not they were uplifted at the end of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> of course, he gave this one four stars because he himself is the Frollo of movies. So he was like, <laughs> yeah. We're persecuting travelers, people of color. Disfigured people are so ugly, they gotta be in that tower.
0: (laughs) They need to be locked away. The lies that Frollo tells. And then
1: he's like, Jason Alexander's here. What, what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So is Frank from Murphy Brown. And so is our favorite nun from Sister Act. I know. And this was her last movie. Oh, I know. She was Aunt March in Little Women, the 1994
1: version. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Roger Eber giving this movie four stars just backs up my the points that I've made countless, countless times on the show and on Still Comfy that Roger Eber was a bad man. He was a bad man, and he was a misogynist.
0: Yeah, and
1: he hates women. So of course he loves the movie where literally. The main woman is likened to be the seductress from hell. (laughs) Burning fire.
0: Yeah. So, why, when did, okay. So, tell me about when you first saw this movie and what that experience was like. Sure.
1: I was all of seven or eight years old when The Hunchback of Notre Dame premiered. Okay. And I know we did not go to the movie theater to see it. So, I did watch it on its movie at home vhs release nice my mother immediately hated this movie so because my sister- she
0: was terrified or because yeah of-
1: oh, yeah because she's like this movie is scary as a hell what the hell kind of cartoon is this and my parents are not the like kind of parents to all of a sudden be like we can't watch this no mm. i was wildly unsupervised yeah however So my sister and I are convinced that we only watched it like once or twice as kids. However, my mother is at a Walmart, a Target, a TJ Maxx one day. (laughs) And what should be on clearance but the Esmeralda bedroom set. Oh. And there's two twin sets on clearance. And so my sister and I had the Hunchback of Notre Dame Esmeralda bedroom bed, uh, set for this movie that we did not watch. And <laughs> when we brought this up at her house, the last time we were all at her house together, she was like, you all really liked the goat. And I was like, we did like that goat. <laughs> the goat was awesome. We did like Dolly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so my childhood experience of the Hunchback of Notre Dame is getting to watch it once being like that lady is so pretty mm-hmm. um and then spending a large portion of my childhood tying my bedroom like sheet yeah to my waist mm-hmm. and dancing around clapping my hands while I made my sister leap like a goat around me <laughs> nice and mm-hmm. thus my fashion aesthetic be born because yeah. i i do i do pride myself in like always being like very colorful and jangly and Mm -hmm. all of it Mm -hmm.
0: i love that you know what else i thought when i was watching the movie to this time around sure should it have been to me more because i feel like esmeralda she's She's a brown woman, right? Like, she's a brown woman. They use brown ink to animate her, and Mm -hmm. it's voiced by Demi Moore. She, I was like, this is making me uncomfortable, and I don't know if I'm valid in this or if I'm just being overly sensitive. One of my notes is that her voice,
1: I had filled in what her voice sounded like in my head, and it is nowhere near close to what she actually sounds like in the movie. Her voice is not smoky, it is not sultry, mm-hmm. it is not doing anything to bring this hellfire seductress to life. And I'm like, ooh, Demi Moore. Ooh, this they needed that Jessica Rabbit lady to do <laughs> this movie. Like literally anyone who is gonna put some ba
0: va ba voom to yeah. it. Or just like, you know, somebody who's not white. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> But, like, literally anyone who's
1: not white. Is the voice actress for Jasmine white, or did we do it okay there? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I just know that Paige O'Hara got to do a lot of voice
0: acting work for Disney. Yeah, that contract was solid, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah I don't remember but I just the whole time I was like I don't know how I feel like does it because you know nowadays we have what's called digital blackface where Mm -hmm. using like memes of black people or like the black people emojis I was like is this 1990s version of digital blackface (laughs) yes it made me so uncomfortable I would really like I, so and then the blonde man is like, "Look at that beautiful woman! Oh my god, I'm mesmerized!" And I'm like, "Of yeah. course, he's a blonde man going after a brown sister." Like,
1: so a lot of my favorite voice actors in the D and D community they do a lot of anime, oh. and I'm always like, "And again, you're hired to do the anime or whatever," and I'm like, "Okay, how so?" thinking about my extensive knowledge of Pokemon, mm-hmm. how would I racially classify Ash Ketchum? And then I'm like, and then am I okay with Ke- Ash Ketchum <laughs> being white? And, then I'm, and it just like, it boggles my mind and I feel like there is such a like wall between the character that you're actually playing and yourself when you are a voice actor.
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: So I understand. I'm sure that Demi Moore was more than hot in this year in the 90s. I'm sure it was. I'm sure she's kind of one of the only big names in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like Phoebe Phoebus was someone I did not recognize. Frollo, someone I did not recognize. So it's really her and Jason Alexander whose name you can get people to look at on a poster. Right.
0: Yeah, I don't know i mean it doesn't i mean all these years later i don't know if it is something to like make a big deal out of i just i guess it it was it's definitely not something that i thought about as a kid
1: no and her voice irritated me the entire (sighs) movie because i was like this does not fit my memories of esmeralda right i was like because esmeralda probably is one of my first like brushes with female sexuality, if not, I don't know who came first, Aladdin or Hunchback. Aladdin, but yeah, so we've got we've got Jasmine in the red outfit, and we all know it. We can all picture it. Mm-hmm. And then Esmeralda. Those are probably like none of the other Disney princesses like broach their sexuality.
0: No, they don't. No, isn't that interesting that they're it's they're both brown characters.
1: Yes, from what I'm sure ignorant white people who sat in a room and wrote this movie would call from exotic lands right. and
0: backgrounds. Right, <laughs> so that then in there of itself is also a problem that right. our first two, yeah. like that are the only two characters from the 90s that we can think of as being there like, are a lot- in tuned with their sexuality are the two brown characters.
1: Well, and also there are... As i was watching it i would see more and more parallels to aladdin to where Mm -hmm. i was like i wonder if they reused a lot of the staff and the animation they have a narrator at the top to set Mm -hmm. our scene Mm -hmm. with like a little song Mm -hmm. um you know esmeralda is the female version of aladdin right i think that a lot of that red costume And like from Jasmine translated very well into Esmeralda's costume Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when she's dancing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that you compare it to Aladdin because it does have a lot of like similarities because the scene where they're dancing, where they're like, hey, it's our day where they can come out of, you know, hiding and do the big ceremony. I forget what it's called. The um, feast of fools. Thank you. The feast of fools feels very much like the big scene in Aladdin. You have to bear with me because it's been a minute since I've seen Aladdin. But when all of the princes are coming to meet Jasmine, mm-hmm. it has that kind of vibe to it.
1: Yeah. Well, and probably a lot of Prince Ali's
0: vibe. Mm-hmm. Prince Ali, oh maybe that's the scene i'm thinking yeah. of that's he rides in on an elephant right he does yeah. yeah it's
1: right after so there there are two scenes that basically follow one another so mm-hmm. she's meeting her suitors and right. then boom here comes prince Ali. that's and right then we've got a big musical number right that's right
0: i also saw a same lot of like, parallel same height you know quasi's yeah. hiding and jasmine tries to hide yeah go ahead sorry you saw parallels
1: I saw parallels between Quasimodo and Hercules, too, especially between the Out There song and Mm. Go the Distance.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm like, these are the same tunes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Do they just start phoning it in towards the end of the decade?
1: (laughs) I believe so. I've watched enough behind the animation scenes of Disney to Mm. know that they have always recycled animation.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean... Yeah, because especially in the days of hand-drawn animation Mm -hmm. okay so in 2021 the new york times took did did a look back at the hunchback and the headline read the hunchback of notre dame at 25 the most r-rated g you will ever see and said quote however it came about a ratings board made up of parents decided that a film with a musical number about lust and hellfire and a plot that involves the threat of genocide against gypsies was appropriate for a general audience. The Times even goes into detail about how the filmmaker didn't want to take this centuries old Victor Hugo tale and Disney Fayette. So, do, do we agree with the Times? Is this the most R-rated G-rated movie? I'm going, I'm leaning towards yes. <laughs> well, number
1: one, I, I, thank you for backing me up with the New York Times. That makes me feel fancy because yeah. when I pitched you like we should do the hunchback of Notre Dame, you looked at me because what a choice. And I said, it's the scariest
0: sexiest movie mm-hmm. you could ever think of <laughs> well in the the first 10 minutes or or not even 10 minutes it's like five minutes when the gypsies are trying to like flee frollo because he's a monster and she's holding her baby and yeah and all and then he just like in cold blood murders her and we see the murder that's yes. not something that normally
1: happens in a disney movie i believe we heard the gunshot we did not see the gunshot for bambi's mom
0: correct correct i was like oh you guys just straight showed that and then this fucker is like oh this baby is hideous where's the nearest water source like <laughs> what we have to drown the monster baby which
1: when i read the book ooh, this would be a good screen to adaptation because i loved all of her books when i read the book that inspired the movie um the other boleyn girl Uh uh-huh about anne boleyn that launched my obsession and my soul connection with anne boleyn they talk about her giving birth to a disabled baby that does Mm. not survive And, like, the parallels between Frollo reacting to Quasimodo and what people said about Anne Boleyn and this baby that she lost, huh, one in the same. Dang. Yeah. Monster, full of sin. This only comes because the devil punished you with it. Like... Not inbreeding.
0: Inbreeding has nothing to do with potential, you know, birth defects.
1: Not anything like being malnourished and on the run because you're a traveler.
0: Yeah, my comment was in reference to Anne boland Sorry, not not Quasimodo. But also both. Like, I. The thing is, it's like,
1: what a time for the Renaissance to be happening, and all of these like ridiculous thinkers to be on the scene. And like Leonardo da Vinci had to contend with people still believing that God would just smite you every time you were bad.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Then, I mean, the whole plot is that one privileged white man is so hard up for a traveler, and he's so racist, he can't deal with the fact that he gets a boner for a traveler woman. So his only solution is genocide. Right. (laughs) God is, he's like, I have to kill my temptation and i was like oh yeah dateline tells me all the time that that's why men kill us because Mm -hmm. we tempted them away from their god and the bible backs them up i go however genocide that's an extra
0: step (laughs) it's unnecessary it's an unnecessary step and also what confuses me about this whole like in the name of god genocide is then why then are you safe in the church
1: uh, I believe only because of that one bald man in the on who stays in the steps of Notre Dame so for low, can't murder people in the church
0: yeah he's like he's like I'm the archbishop you can't come in here and fuck shit up and you're just like good on you but also do you serve the same god then because his god told him to do this like yeah. it just is like one of those things are just like this is why religion makes no sense if people want to have religion great don't 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 murder people in the name of your religion because that math ain't math in i mean to be
1: and it's one of the later Mm -hmm. questions but to be a 34 year old and have to be face to face with frollo again and to be like oh this is the evil of man yeah this is jeff goldblum being like god kills man god Mm -hmm. creates dinosaurs Mm -hmm. because men will use god until they do not need god and then they will killed god to make sure that they get their way
0: yeah the whole time i'm like this movie is so like this is very clearly like this man is full of hatred for um no reason he's clearly racist the treatment of the gypsies is horrific you know when she's dancing and gets all that money and then the guards are like oh gypsies don't do anything legit for their money they don't know how to earn money just the language that they use to disparage them like her people it just is so like how is this a kids movie and it's one of those things that made me think like When white parents are like, well, I can't, we can't teach black history to our children because it's too gruesome. And they, and they shouldn't have to bear that burden. And you're just like, I, now I want to ask, do you let them watch the hunchback of Notre Dame? Because that's kind of a primer of what you did to black people. (laughs) or not you did what was done to black people <laughs> what your grandma did what your great-grandmother did yeah so it's <laughs> kind of like it's did. like truly it's like one of those things where i'm just like no you don't get to pick and choose like and we know from like i mean we don't study european history in this country in the way that we probably should but from my rudimentary knowledge of european history this movie isn't that far from the truth
1: 100 <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just the hunchback of notre Dame is a fucking trip the entire time like i i was like i remember it being scary mm-hmm. i remember it being a movie that is all about and you know the 90s were so big on abstinence and purity that they're yes. like here i was like you how dare you make the villain be the person to be like lust will be the reason that you burn in hell i don't now. i'm gonna go fuck everyone that guy was
0: mean (laughs) terrifying like terrifying terrifying and it's like how manipulative he is and this kind of answers the next question which 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 is do you think this movie ended up disneyfied my answer to that is i don't think so he's so i mean yes he is manipulative in the way that all the evil villains are but at least no white stepmother tried to kill her with an apple <laughs> and not throw her in a body of water right um or burn her out of
1: her home uh i
0: mean or burn the- her at the stake
1: I looked for Disney-fied ways that, this, that they were like, no, it's a Disney movie, we promise. <laughs> and there are talking gargoyles.
0: Yes, that's the one thing.
1: <laughs> there is an animal sidekick. Oh, yes, number two. Mm-hmm. There is a banner of a soundtrack. Yes. It is like Prince of Egypt level baning of a soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. It is in the dark of the night, Anastasia, like bump (laughs) bump like that hellfire song damn yeah it does try to wrap up in a very nice um moral but the moral of the story is you're human enough to have one friend but ugly enough you'll never find love like that's quasimodo's story arc
0: yes i was like when he like put their hands together and was like held his their hands in his hands I was like baby you can have love too why are you why is this movie telling us that he can't have love like because it was you, the 90s are, like are you trying to tell us that he's being a bigger person by saying like by that's like his way of giving permission for them to be in love and like he's not allowed like I just it just made me so I was just like you guys he's and- not even it's looking
1: and they created an unlikely love story between a thief and a cop
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right because phoebus is a cop he's <laughs> the head of all the cops he's the head of all the cops and he tries to be like i'm a good cop though because he saved her life twice yeah i'm a good cop i should get to fuck this lady <laughs> Yeah,
0: i'm enamored and by her i'm enamored by her
1: and <laughs> her <laughs> her traveler curves
0: you know these you know these fools are sitting somewhere going i'm so proud of myself for hunchback we did a good job we did it we brought in the church we We brought had the animal we had the goat sidekick that's the best part about that movie women's rights women's rights (laughs) we We fought for women we proved that this population of people doesn't deserve genocide from this movie
1: also no one was on board with frollo and his genocide no one not a one in in america when trump was like "Uh," genocide there were people on board Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the hunchback in hunchback of notre dame france with frollo people are like man you're just wilded We, how did you get into this place of power
0: no one is truly on board right I just like there's just like I don't like I do not want our friends at home to misunderstand I did enjoy this film because the music was fantastic when you peel back the layers and start looking at it because you know I hate the people well I don't hate them It bothers me when people are like, well, don't think so deeply about it. Sir, I don't know how to do that. Sir, this is a movie that I watched
1: when I was nine.
0: Yeah, (laughs) like I'm gonna start thinking about things in a way that maybe you should too. As a nine-year-old,
1: I was taught, well, dance sexy because it's fun, but then no, it's a sin and you're the devil and a man could murder you for this. And it turns out, very valid lesson thank you disney that mm-hmm. is 100 percent true
0: mm-hmm. a man
1: could murder me by with the justification of my feminine joy alone
0: <laughs> yep have you heard of silent reading parties well the jelly pops book club is now hosting our very own silent reading party called the reading salon We meet at a local business, order drinks and snacks, then read for an hour or so. And then after the reading time is over, you can stick around and talk with fellow book lovers about what you're reading or what authors you love or what books are your favorite. Purchasing a ticket gets you into the party, but a VIP ticket gets you a bag full of book themed goodies. To learn more about the reading salon, click the link in the show notes. Come for the reading. Stay for the friends. You've heard me talk about my artwork on the show, but what you might not have known is I started painting in 2020 as a way to cope and spent a year working with watercolor painting people. But then I started painting cards because I realized how much I love sending cards, but hated trying to sift through card aisles of big stores. I couldn't find anything that would capture the feelings I was going for. I even started putting my designs on tote bags and glassware. Then I got into candle making. Most of my work is literary-inspired, designed for those bookish, pun-loving folks. And now I've opened a shop where you can see most of these designs. Since everything is handmade, there's a lot of -of one-of-a-kind items. When you purchase one of my items, you are purchasing a small piece of original artwork that you can send to a friend or frame at your home. So head on over to JuliaWashingtonProductions.com to check it out. Shipping is currently only available in the U.S or you could click the link in our show notes. Okay, let's talk about Esmeralda. Sure. We already kind of touched on the fact that it makes me uncomfortable that Demi Moore is her human voice. It's so
1: annoying. Just sound-wise, it does not fit the animation.
0: Cause, because you have this very brown woman with these deep green eyes and this gorgeous, wavy, raven hair. Mm-hmm and she's voiced by a white woman.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a rough time. It's a choice. It's a rough time. I think the most interesting thing about Esmeralda is they leaned full into like her sexuality was the driving force of all of the conflict mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in her story and the only other time I can think of Disney making a choice to make sexuality be the front of a woman's character is in a very, in an animated way, is in a very silly way with Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit. Right. It was part of the bit, it was part of the joke. And then to have this just a juxtaposition to where it's like, but Esmeralda's gonna die because of this seductress hellfire they write an entire song about how she's going to bring the entire country of france to hell right through a
0: tambourine (laughs) right and it's almost like I, i feel like that's definitely like a subconscious bias situation because jessica rabbit is a pale redhead that is the stuff of dreams for every person attracted to women everywhere and then, mm-hmm. as like I said, Esmeralda is brown, beautiful raven hair, stark green eyes, and it's her it's her it's what's the word I'm looking for? It's a detriment, a detriment, yes, whereas for Jessica Rabbit, it's you know how it's how she maneuvers and I guess you know, Esmeralda' is using it to maneuver and survive in the world too, because as women, we have to learn how to do that to survive. But the end messaging, to your point, is very different in the case of Esmeralda. hmm Yeah. And don't get me
1: wrong. Both very much a part of my journey of, like, should Natalie date women?
0: And the answer <laughs> is yes. Sexual awakenings um, happen in sexual the movie.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Zena, Jessica Rabbit, and Esmeralda. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... Also, thank you Frollo and Abusive Christianity for making me go, no, never mind. My family will hate me and all yeah, of France. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to France for being my number four or number five country nice of listeners. listeners. <laughs> Love it. Love it. But it is one of those things where it's a real interesting stance to take that the reason why travelers were prejudiced against in France had nothing to do with their quote unquote bohemian lifestyle Mm -hmm. or that they were people who were I believe driven out of their original home. Correct. And that is why they became travelers. Correct. So they didn't actually fit into your country's culture or whatever. They were very Mm counterculture. It has everything to do with Cher and Esmeralda being trampy <laughs> and they make us upset.
0: Right. Right. And it's like, it's like again, it falls into that unconscious bias situation. And in this case, with with Esmeralda, it's very biased. Like it's not unconscious at all. Like Frollo is very, very biased. But I mean, in terms of like creating Esmeralda and choosing to use um 15th century gypsy culture as part mm-hmm. of like the structure of and foundation of who's Esmeralda and her people are like it, it it'd be one thing if we saw consistently that our Disney heroines all had a level of sexuality that was similar to what Esmeralda has but we don't because In- Cinderella and Snow White and Belle are demure and chaste and you know lovely and esmeralda is strong and powerful and like and but they're all shaped kind of you know differently too like so it's like one of those things where it's like all of our white disney leading ladies are quote acceptable like you the yeah. most like the most egregious one if you want to say egregious is bell because she reads mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's her defying action um and i would
1: have to wonder should there be a scene thrown in where not only does frollo just need to masturbate a little bit to the idea of esmeralda and just like get out all that pent-up aggression Mm -hmm. but if we had had like a scene where like a little white French scullery maid mm-hmm. also became an object of his fixation. And then we can place blame back on him right. because he's repressing urges that I'm, I'm like, you're not the Pope and you're not the Archbishop. Right. Why aren't you fucking right? <laughs> what? Right. Why? Why do you not have a wife? Why aren't you fucking? um then we can place the onance back on him it's him repressing it's mm-hmm. him um self-sabotaging um what do christians do when they beat themselves self-flagellating oh yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's him it's him torturing, and it's all because of his warped version of reality but because it's only esmeralda And Mm -hmm. it's only Esmeralda that we see dancing in the flames. And she is one of. I don't think Pocahontas is out at this time, but if it is, she's one of three Disney heroines of color.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, because. And now are we and now are we up to are we up to five
1: because of Moana and um, Tiana or am I missing someone? i know there's um, that little girl who has sophia the first um i know that there are some disney channel Pocah- cartoons uh,
0: hunchback is after pocahontas i just wanted to confirm okay, so, that so now so so we, so we have, have one three. of three three um tiana and came out Esmeralda? In the, or in the teens 20 teens i think i was in college because yes, i went with sisters. my
1: college boyfriend
0: I was gonna say i was an adult because there was a full-on conversation about i cannot believe you didn't give tiana a black prince to fall in love with like that was a whole internet storm that we don't have time for to have that conversation because that is not why we are here okay you can cut
1: this out what nationality is navim is that not his name i think that's i haven't seen the movie in a while
0: yeah i mean i haven't either hold on is he french no i think he's middle eastern oh okay and yeah i will cut that part out but i think he's middle eastern um
1: i think i still coded him as a black man
0: oh that's interesting bruno campos plays his voice Who is,
1: if anything, I coded him as a mixed man.
0: He's got, okay, hold on. He's Brazilian, the actor that plays him. Oh, okay, Brazilian. So a man of color. Oh, he's like international. He grew up in Brazil, Toronto, Bahrain, and Houston. Either either way, the point is is they did not yeah. hire a black man to voice him and they did not like present this character as a black character. Um, anyway, so back got, to the yeah. We've got
1: 1 of 3 uh heroines of color. And I would argue that Pocahontas is also sexualized in a very odd way.
0: I was going to bring that up because I remember really thinking that, wow, she's like, when I was a kid, when it came out, because I think I was 11 when Pocahontas came out, I remember thinking like very different thoughts about Pocahontas in a way, again, back to that, like, she's strong, she's fiery, she's a little bit more sexual but i didn't have the language at 11 to say sexual right right
1: um and i think the thing of it is is it's always the presence of a white man mm-hmm.
0: deciding
1: that um except for maybe jasmine and jafar mm-hmm. but white ideology coming in to a culture that is not based in white ideology and then going like i'm kind of thrilled by this but that's also scary right and there's always like one guy in the room who's like but i'm okay with it and then he's the hero and then the villains are like i'm going to destroy their entire culture right which is how colonization played out <laughs> mm. there's some new movie coming out with leonardo dicaprio and an entire native cast like Na- indigenous american oh, uh-huh. cast and i literally screamed out loud during the preview when i went in and saw bottoms and i was like do not fuck that white man <laughs> do not it will not work out for you or the people of your nation
0: <laughs> well if she was do over not. 25 we know that he won't
1: <laughs> no i'm pretty sure that they fuck in the movie Aww. like it's one of those dancing with wolves things except yeah. for kevin costner found the white lady in like native america right Like just all of these really fucked up ways that white men still code women of color to where it's like, she's exotic and she's thrilling and she's not like the other girls because the other girls are upholding all of the white man patriarchal bullshit that you put them under. Right. And she's free from that. Well, not in about two years after
0: you ruin her life. Right. And that's the thing that I really, I think that's the thing that I, as much like, I loved the Esmeralda character so much because she was very much like, how dare you be cruel Mm -hmm. to Quasimodo? Like, I, why would you allow such cruelty to happen? Because he's a cruel man is the answer. But they give, they give her these moments where she is so fully human, but then they don't allow her to remain there. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And that's the thing that bothers me because it's like, it's a hurdle for people of color, especially black women specifically, to be seen as fully fleshed out human with a full range of emotions that aren't just quote, sexually deviant or advanced. Like there are so many um, courtesies offered to little white girls that aren't offered to little black girls and as much as like i know that this is just an animated feature that kind of bias is coming through in this movie well and i think
1: something that's also fascinating about esmeralda and is that she's willing to play your game like she goes into the steps of notre dame Mm -hmm. she claims sanctuary and then she immediately is like Hey, God, it's me, your girl. Yeah, I've been told that you don't want to talk to me, but there's a whole lot of people in France and on Earth in general that are literally just being persecuted for living. Correct. Um, And that and I like balled my eyes out during God help the outcast because you see all of these like rich um presenting white people being like, I ask for wealth. I ask for love. Mm -hmm. I ask for power. And that's what they're praying for. And she's like, I ask for nothing. I can get by. But I know so many less lucky than I. Mm -hmm. And literally, she's just asking. I mean, honestly, bring back Esmeralda. Do a reboot for the millennials. Because Esmeralda just be asking what we be asking.
0: and make her the center of the story we don't need quasimodo we need no we need esmeralda to be the hero of her own story who isn't overly sexualized who is fighting like she is what robin hood wishes he could be Mm -hmm. like
1: she's a millennial hero (laughs) and quasimodo Mm kind kind of does represent a lot for me what we're all going through currently Mm -hmm. like we didn't create these towers that are oppressing us and keeping us shackled like capitalism misogyny right um racism all of it but we sure are held back by it all
0: right right and we
1: and every time you try to break out of that mold there is going to be some cruel white man who takes away your abortion rights or tells you that you deserve to be in poverty or it tells you that if you weren't so trampy, maybe things would be better for you.
0: Right. Or if, you know, you didn't do enough to be trampy, but not in that way. They wouldn't say it that like that. Well, if you mm-hmm. were more, if you were more willing. If you were more sensual. So willing to do what? Don't touch me. <laughs>
1: There's a fine line between sensual and slutty. And the only person who knows about it is a pervy white man. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. And they get to dictate that line and they get to move it.
0: It moves but whenever they feel.
1: Because I also, I do find the character of Quasimodo to be a very endearing character. Yes, he's sweet. He's got a big heart. That That ending scene where that little girl just moves her hands oh through his face and then hugs him and he's I finally... Cried. Just like, because they've all been aware that he is a member of their community. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't get to be a member of their community. And again, that wasn't on their
0: terms. Right.
1: Um, And then the Feast of Fools kind of brings it forthright that like, well, he's a member of your community that you've known about forever. It's like when you have that weird neighbor that everyone's real concerned about, but no one's willing to go check on. Right. (laughs) I don't oh, want
0: to kn- knock on that door don't knocking <laughs> on that door
1: quasimodo is weird barbie quasimodo yeah. walked so weird but Arby could run yes <laughs> um he is the weird barbie of france and he's very sweet and of course he's very sweet he he gets to live under one cruel man but he doesn't actually live under like the cruel man's society, right, so he kind of gets to it's there are a lot of um parallels between Frollo and Mother Gothel to the point where they almost look like siblings, yeah, but I could also see them hooking up in the bathroom of Club House of Mouse <laughs> that cartoon. everyone remember that cartoon when Mickey owned a nightclub. <laughs> and you never knew who was showing up i could see mother gothel oh and Prolo hooking up in the bathroom she's like in hot stuff hey what up you want to press some use today <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got a tower waiting for me what what <laughs> oh my gosh um makes me wish i could do animations so that way i could like do a little mini video of that. just for me <laughs> just for me <laughs> he's like hey girl can i get you a what you drinking you want me to get you another one you need a refill because they're the same
1: person evil can only present itself in so many ways right (laughs) they're the same person they believe all of the same things and they have a righteousness to their evil
0: and that's what it is it's the righteousness that kills me because even if someone isn't evil and they have a righteousness to them i'm always like and i'm out i'm out
1: if you do something bad and you can look me in the eye and be like whoo that was a misstep yeah okay thank you for not being a sociopath but if you're just frollo twirling in notre dame being like god i didn't mean to be turned on and i did not mean to kill the woman who was quasimodo's mother she made me do it because i couldn't handle my boner it's not my fault there's truly nowhere we can go with you throw you all the way away throw you off of the uh top off of the roof of notre dame like we threw gaston (laughs) just throw them
0: yeah yeet (laughs) Yeet. we don't we don't need that we don't need more (laughs) gastons in the world
1: do you know that there is a subset of men also a french story also a french story Do you know that there is a subset of men who believe that Gaston is truly a victim of the like nice guys finish last? Uh, Yeah.
0: Gaston is not a nice guy.
1: I've seen Reddit posts and I'm surprised I haven't seen it on TikTok, but it's one of those things where it's like what he just wanted to marry her no he bought out her father a couple of times no he just wanted to take her out to dinner once i believe an ex also reiterated all of this to me like it's the whole devil's advocate of like well through gaston's eyes he's the hero he was trying to save her from the beast and (laughs) and i was like oh well in the first 15 minutes of the musical he tries to hit her right And I remember not being prepared for that because I've always viewed Gaston as a very ridiculous villain. Yeah. Just very like your run of the mill himbo who really thinks he's something. Yeah. And then in the musical, he goes to hit her and I screamed (laughs) because I was so taken into seeing Beauty and the Beast on stage for the first time and i was not expecting that and like oh my gosh just a sound rang through the um theater and it was from me oh my gosh um i would definitely go see the hunchback of notre dame on stage though and i'm kind of really sad that it didn't do as well on broadway as i think it should have done
0: yeah well it's that unconscious racial bias
1: right we i'm sorry were we trying to uplift people of color
0: So let's now talk about how, and I know you touched on this already a little bit, but how different watching this movie is now from when you were a kid. Well, number one,
1: I am still always and forever shocked by how overwhelmed and surprised I can still be about the evils that live inside of privileged men. Correct. So here I am. I'm 34 years old. I've viewed privileged men. I've been hurt and abused by privileged men. And I've watched men on top destroy my country, my life, my home, and my heart.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And yet still watching the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm like, shit, he's literally just going to do genocide because he's so uncomfy with his natural sexual urges. Uh. Uh, he's john wayne gacy i (laughs) I don't know yeah and you're and you're just watching it and you're like this can't be real and yet name eight people who remind you of frollo who are literally causing harm just because they believe others should suffer because they're uncomfortable right right i guess the movie tried to prepare me for this i don't know
0: I was gonna say, it feels like it feels like, as much as there is like flaws with this film, it's almost like, hey, kids, (laughs) we know as Disney, we've done a really good job at making you think there is justice in this world and you have a voice, but actually, you don't, and things be shit.
1: I don't know how (laughs) the person who spearheaded being like, oh, we should definitely do a Disney version of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I don't know how they convinced Disney,
0: because the um, I was reading about it. The guy who directed it, who was like the spearhead, you know, who was he was dedicated to like not Disneyfy it. The Disney CEO at the time took a hands-off approach, like that was oh. part of the agreement. Oh.
1: Was he like hands off with all of Disney or literally just this project?
0: Just this particular project.
1: I still don't know how this movie got backing. Like when I think about this movie in comparison Mm -hmm. to every other Disney movie we have watched, even movies that deal with racial oppression like Frozen 2, Mm -hmm. it still stands apart in its very own story structure and how like, how close to home this villain could be.
0: Right. And I, and that's part of why I wanted to like give, give myself a refresher on Victor Hugo's uh, original story, because it was like, I forget which article it was. It didn't make it into it. Which review. It was because it didn't make it into the script for us today, but he was very much like, we are not doing that to Victor Hugo. You see what you did to Pocahontas. We're not doing that here. And yeah, so now I'm like, how much, like, how how distilled did this story become? Because it, like you said, it doesn't really fit within the way that Disney tells our stories, especially '90s Disney. Yeah, if this movie came
1: out at two th- in 2015, and we were running out of stories, and we were like, well, I guess we're gonna give stories to people of color. Mm-hmm. You can't tell Snow White seven times, right? <laughs> can't Come do it. I would I would understand that it's a mm-hmm. little grittier. But for this to be 90s Disney, mm-hmm. like the Disney of our childhood. Yeah. Like Pocahontas Pocahontas is a really great movie with a banner of a soundtrack. It's not scary. No. Um, I think the only movie that really unsettled me the most. Out of Disney, that isn't the Hunchback of Notre Dame is For whatever reason i was really terrified of the great mouse detective i do not know why i also i also found it like boring but also scary enough that i was like i can walk away from this and never watch it again but i truly cannot think of other unsettling disney movies
0: other than i mean like fantasia but that was generations before us oh i love fantasia i do too but i think that if a certain age group sees it like there can be really there can be really some parts that might feel like a little scary but i don't know if nowadays because we've had so much so much i don't know
1: but i think fantasia you can grow out of it being scary like i'm pretty sure we always skipped the ending of Mm -hmm. fantasia Mm -hmm. with like the demon right because my sister didn't like it Mm -hmm. but you grow out of that I don't think you can grow out of the hunchback of Notre Dame being scary. No,
0: because we're grown ass women and we were very like distraught. (laughs) Yeah. I was distraught the entire movie. Yeah. Okay, friend, I really appreciate you coming by today. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can support you.
1: Hey everyone, I'm the host of your weekly podcast to all the men I've tolerated before. It's a weekly look at everyday misogyny. Uh, you can also catch me on Instagram at Men I've Tolerated Pod or Natalie K124. Natalie K124 is also my TikTok handle where you'll see me doing a number of weird things live on the internet. But what? Do you know how you make money on the internet? You make money on the internet by doing weird shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's how you trick prolos into giving you their money.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I keep plugging. I didn't mean to distract you. My laughter. Um, Some things I
1: haven't talked about on the show before that are kind of new to, to all the men I've tolerated before is we've had a Patreon, but now there is that free tier option, uh, like pop culture makes me jealous did with their free trial. So that's open for all tiers. We now have a blog and a newsletter. So there'll be a link when you go to, uh, find me on Instagram that you can find all of that stuff.
0: And we'll link it in the show notes to make it everybody to make it everybody to make to make it, it everybody's business. It, I was going to say to make it easier for everybody to find <laughs> to make it
1: everybody's problem. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes It is always a good time when Natalie stops by, but when your friends come on the show, it's not even work. I mean, we laughed we didn't cry we mostly laughed and it was so great if you also have similar feelings about the hunchback of notre dame please let us know you can dm either of us or if you're a patreon pal you can head on over to the patreon chat and speaking of patreon if you join our patreon at patreon.com slash julia washington you get all kinds of bonus content so like i said go to patreon.com slash julia washington to learn more about becoming part of our community there's a bunch of different levels to choose from pop culture makes me jealous is written and edited by me your host and if you're new around here i am a writer podcast host and artist based in California, where I'm not facilitating the Jelly Pops book club, which is the book club of this podcast or recording this podcast, painting cards or doing other creative things i am teetering on existential dread because what even is current society you can find me on instagram or tiktok at the julia washington and uh, i can't guarantee it's a good time but it's a good time for me (laughs) thanks for tuning in y'all until next time